0: Even the big local restaurant groups like the one behind Vin Rouge here in Durham are not immune to the financial impacts of COVID-19. Coming up, I talk with the owner who was forced to relocate one of his restaurants in Chapel Hill.
1: Dentist offices are officially back to their normal care routine, but there's a few changes you need to know about, including some extra fees up next.
2: This is WRAL News, your number one source for local news.
1: The
3: slow return to normal as we know it comes with a price tag from elections to consumer spending and the fate of local restaurants. Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan.
4: And I'm Gerald Owens. We have plenty to get into this half hour, including a conversation with Congressman G.K. Butterfield. But we start with the case count here in North Carolina. As of this afternoon, there are more than 15,000 confirmed cases in our state with 576 deaths. That's up 10 from yesterday and up 100 from last week. The state is also reporting an estimated recoveries. As of this afternoon, more than 9,100 people have recovered from this virus. To put this into context, the number of estimated recoveries is roughly 60% of all cases. Dr. Mandy Cohen stressed this number is just an estimate based on the information from the CDC. The state plans to release this number weekly.
3: As retailers opened up this weekend, many restaurants are still on the sidelines, mostly sticking to delivery or takeout if they are open. Some are concerned they won't reopen, and this includes small independent restaurants and even bigger groups who serve central North Carolina. WRL Sarah Kruger shows us at least one of these groups has plans to move out of a popular location. Giorgio Bakachas is behind several
0: popular restaurants in the triangle, including Vin Rouge here in Durham and Kipos on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Because of COVID-19, he says the rent for Kipos was more than he could pay, so he is now forced to look for a new space. Georgios Bakachas is one of the biggest names in the Triangle restaurant scene. He opened his first restaurant 40 years ago and now runs big name places like Vin Rouge in Durham and Rosewater in North Hills. COVID-19 is hurting him just
1: the same. I don't think anybody's immune in a way.
0: Bakachas says with the doors closed at his Greek restaurant Kipos in Chapel Hill, the rent is too expensive. Oh, I had to make an extremely painful decision. A decision to look for a new space. He still hasn't finalized where
1: if it was a normal times that we would not have this conversation of course and would we'll not be out of the space
0: bakachas employs roughly 400 people many of them are hurting too he started a gofundme to help them pay the bills it's
1: heartwarming it's, it's tears uh, coming down sometimes when you see the 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 kindness of humanity he
0: says they look forward to reopening and to do so safely they'll utilize their outdoor spaces like this one at vin rouge
1: what's great about here we can serve the community because we have two outdoor gardens and we have two rooms in there so everybody can spread out and feel comfortable.
0: He says he will follow every state safety guideline and then some eager to get back to doing what they love. As soon as the state says you can reopen, will you reopen? Yes. Bakacha says he has an entire team devoted to planning for reopening at all of his restaurants. He hopes that'll happen by June 1st. Sarah Kruger, WRAL News, Durham.
4: Dentists are officially open for non-emergency appointments as of this morning. But as we slowly get back to normal, there are some new rules you need to know about if you plan to head to your dentist's office soon. WRO's Leslie Moreno has a look at what you can expect.
1: Dentist offices are back to normal routine care, but the amount of patients they're seeing has been cut down.
4: We gave
5: priority to people that were already on the schedule before, so we're running at half capacity because we want to make sure we, you know, we capture all the social distancing guidelines.
1: Jessica Moore brought her 10 year old son for his appointment this morning. She was a bit hesitant at first.
5: Upon
0: arrival, everything that they said they've been following through with and I feel much more
6: comfortable.
1: Currently the governor's executive order lists dentists as essential businesses and does so without restriction. According to the North Carolina Dental Board, the choice to resume offering routine and non-emergency care is a decision that must be made by individual dentists.
5: We have recommended that dentists do only emergency services, uh, but um Now the ADA has come out with a toolkit for reopening practices, and basically what that does is it uh, heightens the standard of care for infection control, sterilization, those kinds of issues with any dental office.
1: Before patients are allowed in, they're pre-screened over the phone and at the front desk. They're asked a variety of questions, including if they currently have a fever or if they've had shortness of breath. Staff members are also to wear masks at work at all times. Everything is disinfected every 30 minutes and patients are to stay six feet apart at all times.
5: Well, it's the ADA, the CDC recommendations. So we took their guidelines and we said, what can we do better to make sure that we're going above and beyond?
1: Patients at Triangle Family Dentistry can also expect to see a $10 fee per visit. This covers any expenses due to COVID-19. Back to you.
4: COVID-19 is affecting so many parts of our lives and costing taxpayers money in places you may not think of. WRL's data trackers, in collaboration with newsrooms around the state, are looking into the anticipated increased cost of elections. Face coverings for poll workers, individual pens for each voter, the cost of printing and postage for mail-in ballots, which are expected to be much more prevalent this year as people continue to socially distance themselves. These are all unbudgeted costs that the State Board of Elections needs help with.
6: As we look at the potential increase in the number of people voting by mail, uh, we've looked at that as, as a 40% participation by mail. And just that increase alone uh, in participation is almost $2 million in increased postage to mail the absentee by mail packet to a voter. Uh, that does not consider the cost of the voter returning that packet to us.
4: North Carolina is on track to receive $11 million for the increased cost from the federal CARES program. But that federal money requires a $2 million match from the state legislature. State lawmakers say they plan to take up the issue next week, but didn't provide a specific timeline.
3: Today, WRL's David Crouchery had the chance to speak with Congressman G.K. Butterfield about the issues he's focusing on in Washington, D.C. Here is the first part of their conversation.
5: One of your major concerns has been education in school districts. You've talked with several superintendents in your district. What are you hearing?
2: Well, David, when we first realized that this was indeed a worldwide pandemic, Congress got serious about appropriating money and providing relief to the American people. Our first bill was 83 a billion dollars, the next was 100 billion dollars, and then we realized that we had to, had to protect lives and the livelihoods of the American people and American business, and so the next tranche was 2.3 trillion dollars. Part of that was 13 billion dollars for K-12 education. I'm proud to say that 350 million of that came to North Carolina. That money is currently in the pipeline is being used by local school districts. Districts have extreme flexibility in using the money Uh, Many of them are providing access to low-income students who do not have access to the internet. Uh, And so I'm very proud of, of the money that has come into North Carolina. It was because of a bipartisan effort on the part of Democrats and Republicans in appropriating this money.
5: And Congressman, I know you've been very concerned about testing in your district in particular. There are some remote areas there. People at times in that part of the state feel almost forgotten. Have we been able to move testing into some of the more remote counties, some of the
2: poorer counties, quite frankly, that you represent? I'm not satisfied with the testing procedures that we we have in place. I'm not satisfied that we're getting all of the PPEs that we need uh, from the administration. Look, 80,000 Americans are dead. Uh, more than 1.3 million confirmed cases, uh, more than 33 million unemployment claims. We've got to step up and do a better job with testing. We've got to provide economic security for the American people. People are hurting, and it's Congress's responsibility to provide that legislation. And so today, we are working on bipartisan legislation, uh, hopefully to get it to the floor by Friday of this week, whereby we can appropriate a large sum of money to American businesses and to individual families. Uh, We call on the Republicans to work with us this week, as we have on the last three or four pieces of legislation uh, as well. Congressman, have you spoken with the governor lately? Uh, I talk to the governor's staff every day. It's been a couple weeks since I've talked personally to the governor. Uh, I've learned that you get more done by talking to the people around the governor, Uh, but yes, we are in constant contact with with Governor Cooper. And are you in agreement with his approach
5: both on trying to beef up employment security, can you beef it up enough, also on testing and reopening the state?
2: Look, the unemployment system in North Carolina is below the national average. It's really embarrassing, but we have to use the system that we have in place. Uh, the typical unemployment claim in North Carolina is about $350 a week. What we did uh, in, in the CARES package was to add $600 to it. So an unemployed person on average will get around $900 per week in unemployment compensation. I call on our General Assembly to extend the number of weeks to, to appropriate more money for unemployment uh, in North Carolina because people are gonna feel the pain for weeks if not months to come. Look the 14% unemployment rate uh, nationwide. Uh, more than uh, 20 million people have filed for unemployment claims. It is burdening the system. We've got to get more money in. The infrastructure needs to improve. And so uh, the governor knows that, and we've been working to try to streamline unemployment claims.
5: I want to I go back to that for a moment. When you saw that 14.7 number that came out late last week, how staggered were you?
2: Uh, It was staggering, to say the least. Uh, We were bracing for a very high number, but I did not realize it would have reached 14.7. And we know in North Carolina we have special challenges. Low-income communities, minority communities have special challenges. And so it's our job to respond, and we've got to respond big and bold. And that's why CARES 2.0, the new package that we're assembling this week, Hopefully to get it to the floor by Friday will be a massive investment in the economy, massive investment in business and America's families. You get it to
5: the floor by Friday. When do you think realistically that bill could be out and on the president's
2: desk? Well, remember, Democrats only control the agenda in the House of Representatives. Republicans are in control, obviously, in the White House and the United States Senate. But for the last four pieces of legislation, we did reach a bipartisan compromise. It was difficult, but at the end of the day, we did compromise. Uh, Now this is phase five, CARES 2.0. Our Republican friends need to understand that we need to appropriate money for state and local governments more money for testing, more money for school districts, a mental health grants. There are a lot of challenges that we're facing as a nation and we cannot go to sleep and ignore the problem. We've got to respond in, in kind.
5: Just a couple more things, Congressman. First, do you agree with the job the governor's doing as far as reopening the state in phases?
2: Well, you know, governors have got to balance all of the interests in public health emergencies, and Governor Cooper has been struggling with this from the very beginning. I think he's making the right decision. Uh, It is time to start reopening, but we must do it very, very gradually. We must monitor the data, and if we see the data moving in the wrong direction, then we need to reverse course. But I do support Governor Cooper in beginning to gradually reopen our economy in North Carolina.
3: David also asked Congressman Butterfield about the big story coming out of Georgia.
4: You know, his reaction to the federal government being asked to step in and review the Ahmaud Arbery case. That's coming up. Plus, a closer look at consumer spending last month.
3: Where people in the triangle did and did not spend their money while in lockdown.
1: A Robeson County teenager is charged with killing his grandmother on Mother's Day. I'm Rosalia Federa in the Breaking News Tracker. This is 19-year-old Justin Penn. Authorities in Red Springs have charged him with murder. Investigators say Penn shot his grandmother, 77-year-old Mary Penn, Sunday around 645 at her home on Hubert McLean Avenue in Red Springs. They haven't released a motive for the shooting. 10 is being held without bond at the Robinson County Detention Center. Rosalia Federa, Robinson County, WRL News. Also in Robinson County this evening, new numbers just being released 45 additional people, additional cases of COVID 19 to report down there. Some of the breakdowns here. The oldest person, 85 years old, the youngest people testing positive, two 2-year-olds, a 9, 11, a 12-year-old child in this group as well, bringing the total in that county
4: this evening up to 415. Back to you. More children added to that list. Thank you, Mark. Coastal Credit Union recently analyzed debit and credit card spending habits of its customers for the month of April, and there are some noticeable changes.
3: Here to discuss the trends is Doreen Brown, vice president of cards for Coastal Credit Union. Doreen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. What were the top three spending areas among your customers?
6: Well, you know, we've seen some of the biggest changes in our consumer spending, specifically around grocery stores, discount stores, and wholesale retailers. This equated to a 30% increase in our average ticket amount, which means more consumers are stocking up, cooking at home, and doing it in fewer trips. Second, we've seen home improvement sales increase as much as 23% uh, from Mm. last year, and 15% just since last month. So that means a lot of uh, consumers are capitalizing on their extra time at home and working on projects around the house. And third, of no surprise, members are relying on e-commerce purchases from Amazon and having all of that stuff delivered to their homes. But what's surprising is that it's increased as much as 90 percent of the spend that they've had from last year. Yeah: Yeah, I think we all
4: are <laughs> for sure..: yeah. During which areas were at the bottom of, your, of that list?
6: Um, so I don't think this is of a surprise, but we've seen a whole lot less in travel. That's 80% from compared to what people were doing last year since the stay-at-home orders went into effect. And as you know, in April, there's a lot of spring break vacations that take place that people weren't able to do this year. Um, another sector that was hard hit uh, is in the restaurant and quick service industry. So people that are doing fast food and fast casual uh Dining, they haven't been able to do that and have been relying upon home delivery services or maintaining a minimum order. So those tickets have actually increased by as much as 23%.
3: Doreen, any surprise transactions on this list? Anything different
6: about the spending patterns that you noticed? I think some of the biggest uh, surprises that we've seen is, you know, with COVID, health and well being has been at the top of all of our minds during this crisis. But that spend has actually decreased because a lot of things have gone to an essential or a necessity type position. So that's, uh, help, that healthcare spend has decreased about 30% since last year. But what is surprising is the well being of our family pets increased, which I think is, is really uh, interesting and, and fun in, in this type of environment. Uh, it actually grew 3%, so I'm glad to see that we're spending more on taking care of our pets during this time.
4: Yeah, I know oh, yeah. a lot of people they adopted
3: are. pets, too. I think they've got some new members yeah. of the family, so that could <laughs> be another reason why it went up.
4: Everybody's at home. You have a lot of time to spend with each other, and why not bring another pet into the fold? Uh, Doreen, any other big takeaways from this pandemic spending and card use?
6: Um, you know, I think what we'll see moving forward is that will we go into phase one of these stay at home orders. I think we can expect that consumers will start to fill up their gas tanks a little bit more. They're going to be doing a little more around town driving. And I think that we can expect to see increases in retail shopping um, as stores begin to open up.
3: Yeah, I already saw the gas prices start to inch up a little bit more. Does your office have an early preview of what the next report may look like with these states starting to ease restrictions?
6: I think the biggest thing that we'll see is, as you can uh, tell from some of these numbers, we've had some big pendulum swings with some of the surges. So I hope some of that stuff will level out um, with this next phase that we're about to approach.
3: Well, I think uh, regardless, people are eager to get out there and spend, and if not, stay at home and buy more Amazon. (laughs) So um, either way, I think people are ready to get back to spending. Absolutely. Doreen Brown, Vice President of Cards for Coastal Credit Union. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: And a quick programming note as we look ahead to Tuesday, all eyes will be on Capitol Hill as lawmakers hold a hearing to discuss the implications of safely returning to work and school. Dr. Anthony Fauci will be one of four witnesses who will testify. Look for coverage on WRL beginning at 10 a.m. In his conversation with WRL's David Crabtree earlier today, Congressman G.K. Butterfield weighed in on the story making national headlines in Georgia, the shooting death of Ahmad Arbery. Today, the Justice Department said federal prosecutors are considering hate crime charges against the father and son charged in this case. Here's more of their conversation.
5: Congressman, I would be remiss if I did not ask you about the situation in Georgia and the request to have the Justice Department involved.
2: What's your response? Well, the authorities in Georgia acted uh, too slowly. It is it's very regrettable. We've been here before. We've seen this before, before. Uh, but it looks like now federal authorities are going to get involved in it. And we're going to get to the truth. Uh, those responsible for this, this senseless murder uh, will be held accountable. I'm a former judge. I know that anytime a homicide takes place, law enforcement acts quickly. And in Georgia, they did not act quickly, but it seems now that the wheels of justice are turning. I'm going to let the the law enforcement officials uh, figure this out, but uh, the Department of Justice will be on it. Congressman G.K.
5: Butterfield, we appreciate your time. Always good to see you, sir. Stay healthy.
2: Thank you, David. Same to you and your listeners.
4: Now, if you joined our newscast late, David also spoke with Congressman Butterfield about the federal response to coronavirus and the steps lawmakers are taking to help schools and expand testing. You can listen to the full conversation on our special coronavirus news brief podcast.
3: This week, WREL is proud to partner with the Bandit Flight Team and the North Carolina Healthcare Association for a flyover honoring our frontline workers. The six-plane team will fly over WakeMed Raleigh, Duke Raleigh, UNC Rex, WakeMed Cary, Duke University Hospital, UNC Medical Center, and Duke Regional this Thursday night starting at 7 o'clock. WREL will bring you these special moments from our crews on the ground and in the air with Sky 5. Our live coverage starts at 7 o'clock on Thursday night can't wait for that. Oh yeah. And that does it for our news at seven.
4: Our next newscast is at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 o'clock here on WRAL. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.